boils and ghouls. Turn out the lights. And keep the popcorn coming. Because it's time for another episode of Fright Fights Podcast. Fright Fights Podcast. Get ready for your gore gang. Tyler Cavett, Chris Lax, and Mike McKinney tackling horror news, reviews, and fight for their survival. Coming to you from the Fright Fights Fear Lodge. Get ready to sink your fangs into a battle that will make your blood run cold. This is Fright Fights. Is Fright Fights. All right, welcome back, all you horror fans out there. It's your Fright Frights crew back again with another episode here today. And we are discussing horror like comedy films, dark horror comedy later on in the battle. And just to let you know, unlike the writer's strike, we are continuing on throughout the summer. We're not going to hold off on our, our films or our podcasts or anything. We're going to continue on. And uh, Mike and Tyler are both back with us again. And Tyler, luckily, he survived uh, Nashville. Um, I think we uh, saw you on the news as the hotel uh, worker <laughs> that got caught and arrested for sucking on people's toes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They call me and, the toe I mean, sucker. I'm just saying it worked <laughs> out that you you left and you went to Tennessee. You went to Nashville. And the exact same day that you left and wouldn't answer our texts and calls, there was a news report about somebody being arrested at a hotel in Nashville for sucking on people's toes. I'm just putting two and two together. Hey, listen, they it, made it, a candy man. Good. They got toe man. You know, he's just out <laughs> sucking toes. <laughs> it's a tie man. It's going to be toe man. Oh, yeah. The toe toe man. The toe toe man. You guys, first you were introduced to the crooked man. The next thing you know, we have the toe man. It's me. What can I say? <laughs> but um, before we get started on anything, last time we did an episode, I talked about Evil Dead Rise. And you guys haven't seen it yet, so I was doing my best not to spoil the, the, the movie for you. I told you my thoughts on it and how it was an okay movie, not great, not awful, but just kind of there. But you guys have seen it now. Both of you guys have went to the theater. You took a chance to watch it. What do you guys think? Well, there's a word for that, Chris. And yeah. uh, I would call it mid. Um, that's exactly what the Evil Dead Rise was to me. Um, you know what? Let me tell you. That intro, though, as I sat down and it come on and there's a scene, like a cold open. And this is not really spoiling anything either because you could actually watch this cold open online now. They post the whole 10-minute intro. like from the Yeah, well, well, this time we'll spoil it because last time it was spoiler-free. Yeah. So this time will be spoilers. And yeah, you're right. That, that cold open, the title opening sequence with the title on screen of evil dead rise. That's one of the, like, that's a really great fucking opening right there. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I love the part where they were reading. What was the girl reading on um, Wuthering Heights? That's what it was. And she was sitting there like her friend wasn't feeling good. And then she walks in there and then she starts like reading her book and checking on her. And as she starts reciting the words back, I don't know. There was something very chilling about that. I love that. 
But moving forward, I love the idea that this wasn't in a fucking cabin. This wasn't another, you know, Evil Dead adaptation from 2013 that we got, which I was not a fan of. But keep in mind, I love the Evil Dead. I think we all do here, right, Mike? You like it too? Yeah. Oh yeah, I love it. Love it. Sweet, sweet. So like, yeah, I love the Evil Dead. I'm the very first one. Um, loved Evil Dead too. Army Darkness is even great. Not a huge fan, like I said, of the 2013 adaptation. But um, this one, you know, it was, it was, it was okay. Um, I love the idea of like having a um, kind of like an apartment building in LA vibe going for it. It felt very like goopy because of that. Um, but you know, I kind of call this like one of those horror movies about a woman that's pissed off about having to do her laundry because that's kind of like a big part of the movie. She's just so pissed about this laundry. And so she like, she takes the laundry basket. She's like, if you guys don't want to do the laundry, I'm going to, and yeah, it was the elevator scene and all that too, which was really interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, um, there were some things that really, I think what came down to the problem with this was they did such a good job on the gore. Um, I'm, you know, I'm very desensitized just like you guys are. So I'm like, you know, more gore, more gore. Why, where's all the blood? You know, this is not bad at all. And there was a cheese grater scene, which we'll talk about, I'm sure more. And I was like, more of it. Come on. I just give me some more. But at the end of it, if you look at it, it's a very brutal, like terrifying, like weird film. Um, however, well, with, the, with the gore, I yeah. think people were led a little bit too much yeah. on that because the advertisements for it in articles and reviews and stuff was like this movie is extremely bloody and gory they used over seventy-two thousand buckets of blood and then you know you get into the movie and there's the scene in the elevator where the entire elevator fills with blood that's where that went to so it's not yeah. stretched across the entire movie like the original film was um it's it's basically one sequence where they use the most gore and yeah the <laughs> ending had quite a bit but it's kind of like a lie, a little. A little. See, yeah, that's it's really like a one and done. You know. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Oh no, no, I just like kind of like piggybacking off of what Lax said. You know, all that blood was really used in one scene, um, and that's the same thing. I I agree with you, Tyler, and I think we all mutually pretty much agree on this. I felt like this movie, the first time seeing it, just fell flat. Mm -hmm. um, I had really high expectations for this. Um, and this might be a movie that I need to watch again, which I definitely will. But um, seeing the first time expectations were set so high. Um, and I don't know if I just had the problem with the, the, the main actress in it. Um, I, she kind of bothered me just the way, not, not as she's a bad actress in general. It's just the role she played. I don't feel like it fit her very well. Um, I don't think she fulfilled her full potential in this yeah, it role. didn't feel it didn't feel like she was possessed by the dead eyes. It just it felt like a right. ghost possession movie or something. It was it was like almost like a paranormal like activity movie in a way, but just better. I mean, than paranormal movies. But it just fell flat. Um, it, it, and like I said, I, I mean, me being a huge Halloween lover, Halloween ends. That's another movie that I had to watch two and three times to really like it love it uh and i'm not gonna say i'm gonna love this movie but i might like it more watching it another time well so for me the big thing was i see i didn't have a problem with the amount of amount of gore it was in it because i mean like obviously that if you same, guys remember same. back to the um the elevator scene it was clearly an homage to the shining i don't know if like yeah I, the director lee cronin 
Um, not really. I didn't have, I had no idea who directed this. I had like no interest to even like really look them up or anything, but, um, just looking as I review this, um, actually directed hole in the ground for a 24 back in like four or five years ago. And that film also, it was mid and you know, it was written by Lee Cronin as well. And I think that the big thing is, is Lee Cronin's writing style. It has a lot of really great ideas, but both films kind of suffer from the same issues is they just really don't make a lot of fucking sense at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else yeah, to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so so just... That sequence, the sequence with the elevator and the blood, it ended up being the best sequence in the entire movie because you have the references to, you said the reference to The Shining, but there's also the homage to Evil Dead 2 yeah. because you have all of the people who have been killed in the hallway rise up and you know their eyes are you know the dead eye eyes or whatever and they're screaming dead by dawn dead by dawn dead by dawn and that is a really cool sequence you know tapped off with the elevator sequence and the, the whole blood spilling out everywhere um which leads to the ending of the movie really with the weirdness that happens there but um the movie itself has a lot of just odd things that don't make sense somebody pointed out in an article that i read that you know, the kids find the, the the records that has the incantation on the records. And it just so happens that the only person that found those was somebody who has a record player. What if it would have been, what if the person who found them didn't have a record player? What if the person, what if they were cassette tapes? What if they were, you know, something else? It was just, it, it all added up and it was just too perfect of a, of a situation to play out. Like it did, like it did, dude. Taking this a step further than that, because this is my biggest problem with the movie. Before we even start talking about the rest of it, let's go back to the very beginning after the Evil Dead Rise. A little, you know, the little scene where like they had the whole background and stuff. Between that and they actually get to like the the elevator getting pissed off about doing laundry, the scene that happens in between this is the most batshit crazy thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know, you know how they passed this off and was able to like get it okay with it. But um just to review, they were in the middle of this parking garage, right? There, okay, listen how bonkers this is. There is an earthquake that happens that opens up a very specifically located hole in this parking garage. You're never supposed to go into anything like this whenever there's an earthquake in California, especially the the main character goes over to this hole in the ground. Don't crawl in it. They start screaming at them and stuff. They go in it anyway. They get down there and perfectly in like this like mid form of like you know just like weird bank or what is that what it was like, like a bank? Like, yeah, so yeah, like I think it was that, a bank. Yeah, the apartment building. Yeah. Like I guess there was like a mini city or something that was down there, and that whole area was built over top of that area so that specific hotel or not hotel um apartment complex was built over top of that bank listen how crazy this is so there was a fucking bank in the middle of the ground in la that's underneath an old dilapidated apartment building there was an earthquake that happens there's a bunch of kids that go over crawl into this old perfectly restored bank go inside the vault and no doesn't that doesn't just go in the vault and look around like an explorer they specifically go straight in there and they find the vinyl records. They're able to yep. get all the information, the Necronomicon, everything they would possibly need to bring the Deadites, bring it to all fruition, all this, the whole thing. 
And it's just like so weird. They were specifically able to know that there was going to be an earthquake, go down there, find them, grab everything they possibly need, take it back, open it up, play it. No, to do like the whole like little hand motion to spin the records to make it, you know, actually legible. So just the premise of that and the idea that that was how they got there was absolute like just batshit crazy, right? Why is no one talking yeah. about this? I've never heard one person yeah, talk I, about this. It's wild. I mean, it, it's just it all the all the pieces fell just completely in order for this to match up way too perfectly. And shit doesn't happen like that in real life, you know. I mean, yeah. I know it's a movie, but a lot of these things really, to me, I'm not going to say ruined the movie, but in a way it did. I just, I don't know. It just. There should have been a flashback sequence. So you could have had Bruce Campbell make a cameo appearance as Ash. And it would have been like a little black and white flashback where, where they're inside the bank and they're locking up the records and the Necronomicon. And he's like, what we should do is build something over top of this and just pray that an earthquake doesn't happen. And then it cuts to the modern day. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like an Evil Dead too, right? It would be like a fun Because it would have been kind of comical, like over-the-top funny, and that, that would have played homage to it. Like, it would have been funny. And this one was played a lot more serious than any of the other Evil Dead films, I would say. Um, And it does have like these kind of like very like small comedic moments throughout, which I do appreciate. But let's just be honest, Um, the, the little girl, like the kid, overall, I mean... <sighs> She was never really in any danger throughout the whole thing. It's mostly just her like mischievously trying to like figure out what's going on and then like kind of like not yeah. good guardians or whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm just like, would it have been better if they killed the kid? I don't know. It's just like it, it just, I thought the same thing. Right? I'm like, just like kill the kid at this point. But yeah, uh, it's like they were playing it safe. They were just like, hey, we have we it's gonna be in theaters. We can't have the little girl die. So everything that we do, she's going to be on the edge of almost dying like four, four or five times. And then the last second, she's saved. And it's, well, that's not how an Evil Dead movie works. Like Evil Dead, like you, you get close to a dead eye and boom, you're possessed. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, overall, just like I did like how I think I mentioned earlier how goopy it was. And I do love how that kind of like plays out in terms of like. I just, I just like the fact that you just say the word goopy. Like, it's just, goopy, right? You know, it's like, a goopy. You know the scene from Society, Brian Hughes and Society, where was the shunting scene? The shunting scene, yes. That's how the Evil Dead Rise felt during like this like moment from like the moment like the the mom goes completely at her like rarest form and goes to the hallway and there's a fire in the kitchen and the cheese grater it just felt very like wet something about it it was just very like goopy yeah it, it, yeah that's a perfect word goopy but yeah like all the deadites that are from the movie i can't even remember what what the reason was that they did this but all the deadites just come together and form this big like deadite goopy monster Mm-hmm. and it chase it's like it has no form it's almost like the thing it looks like something from the thing and it just chases after the two people at the end of the film um leading a very like it was almost comical like it was so over the top and just so out there that it was interesting and fun but it didn't make any sense whatsoever like that doesn't happen in the other evil dead movies yeah see that's the thing i just like i watched that and i'm like 
I, th- I feel like on paper they were like, this is going to be great. They're, you know, this could be a giant like dead eye. It's going to be flowing around. It's going to be like the monster movie we all want. We love it. And then the way it translates to screen, it's like, this is kind of getting redundant. Like, I'm feeling kind of bored. I don't know. But by the time they got to that very last scene with the big rolling dead eye and then the, the whole chase back and forth throughout the parking garage, I was kind of like, getting a little i mean it was it was a good length film i wasn't like necessarily bored throughout but that was the moment i'm like okay we get it you know what i mean how many times yeah. you like go after them they were they, they literally had like 15 20 near misses at that point so yeah I just i feel like it really kind of exhausted itself in that last 10 15 minutes i also didn't even though i loved the cold opening i didn't necessarily love the way they ended it at all I didn't really get that. I didn't really feel that. I really don't want to see that girl's story anymore. Like if there was like a sequel with her, I really am not like excited for that. Yeah. She was not an interesting character to at least not an interesting character to make the main, the main person. Cause it, it switches. It goes from the mom being the main character and then getting possessed and turning into a deadite, somewhat of a deadite, uh, if you want to call it that. And then it switches tones completely and it takes the sister and she becomes the main character. And it focuses on her, but she has no interesting subplot whatsoever. It, her, every one of her emotions, whether it be you know scared, sad, happy, it's all the same tonally. So it doesn't cause any type of level of entertaining rising up or down or whatever. You're not. It's not a roller coaster of a ride. It's just like Mike said earlier. It's just flat. Like yeah, the reaction, really everything, is. everything is just flat. And I think that's what what hurt it the most. It's just there was no interest in anything. Nobody had a really a care for those characters. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it all comes under writing. I think that the way it was shot was great. I think the execution of I think the actors may have been doing kind of like a pretty decent job. But the thing is, I think that the material they were given wasn't cohesive enough to really stand on its own. And that was my biggest my biggest concern with the entire thing was it just felt like it was very. And the premise, like the idea, like the, the basic premise of this, like happening inside this Los Angeles apartment complex. I love that idea. You know, get them out yeah. of the woods for once and do something new. So I do respect Evil Dead Rise for kind of like it had the cabin too. Like they wanted, like at the very beginning, the open like ten minute cold opening. They gave us cabin. You know, they gave us that. And yeah, moved it on to something that was new. And I mean, you all know horror in 2023 it's moving to a new you know generation it's a completely it's a brand new kind of like slate they're wiping it clean so i think that as looking at like gen 2 of horror coming up like for this new generation it kind of like really does it got people talking is what i would say it definitely wasn't for us evil dead fans i really wanted more from it but was i like sorely disappointed by it not really i thought it was fun i I had a good time yeah would you end up giving this on the rating scale uh i would say six out of ten that's yeah, yeah. that's i think that's exactly what i put was a six out of ten yeah and I, I was right down the middle i gave it a five just because like i said earlier and like i said last episode it's I didn't really know how to feel after watching it. I, I literally like the movie ended and I said, I think I need to watch this again. Like as soon as the movie, like the credits hit, I was like, I need to watch it again because I don't really know how I feel about it. It's not awful. It's not great. It's in between. And that's why I give it a five. Exactly. Yeah. 
And I think that that's something that a lot of people feel with that because it's just like 10 minutes go by and you're like, this is great. This is what we want. This is exactly what Evil Dead film should be. And the next 10 minutes go and you're like, wait, this is kind of like really boring character development. And the next 10 minutes comes, you're like, wait, there's Deadites. You know what I mean? It's just like, but how? At what cost? Man, if the whole movie would have, if that hallway scene and elevator scene would have been the start of the film and then it would have went that way the entire time, like the entire, entire hour and a half, then it would have been a freaking amazing movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah. Do. All right. So that is Evil Dead Rise. I am excited to see what happens next. I hope. I mean, I, I'm also very excited to see what Lee Cronin does because I think that that director has potential. I really do. So I'll keep that on my radar as well. But um, aside from that, what else did you guys get around to watching? I've been kind of vacant with watching a lot this t- this time around. Uh, um, I'm trying to think what we have what we have watched. Uh, what was that scary movie that we watched? It's oh, episode two. So, <laughs> me and my daughter re uh, rewatched. Um, what was it called? Sick. That kind of came out here on Peacock not too long ago. Oh, you rewatched that? Yeah, R- Remy never saw that, and then we rewatched that together. And uh, she really enjoyed it. That's a that's a good flick. That's not a bad movie. I yeah. really enjoyed that movie. Um, Kevin Williamson. So it it follows a very formulaic kind of you know serial killer formula. Um, but it's fun. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I loved it. You saw? Did you ever see it, Chris? I still haven't seen it yet. No. Oh it's man, you need to watch that. Isn't it like seventy? It's like seventy five minutes or something. It's quick. It's really fast, and it's it's bam. You kind of get it at the start, and keeps going. It's good. Yeah, I, I got to save this on my watch list because on the a few episodes, I can't remember how many episodes it was, but one episode you had you had mentioned it of watching it, and I think Tyler, you 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 and Tyler both did like a little mini review of it, and you That's guys right. recommended it for me. But I and I put it on my watch list, but I still haven't. I have like a four hundred movies on my watch list. Yeah. No, Chris doesn't like pandemic movies. He wants he doesn't like the, mm-hmm. like the yeah. Movies. But I think we're kind of I think we're kind of over those. I mean, they yeah came out from like twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three, and now I feel like slowly they're kind of like migrating away from it. So it was it was a very short lived subgenre. Can we call it pandemic movies? Maybe in the same way we could call like outbreak or something. You know, a pandemic movie. <laughs> Or remember contagion i think it's funny whenever i mean nothing there's nothing funny about covid but just saying like we're talking about pandemic films i think it's kind of funny that whenever lockdown happened back in 2020 um what was it it was um contagion there was that like what if paltrow film called contagion that came out back in like 2013 or 2012 and it went out of print and people were buying that online for like 90 bucks just so they could watch it wow the lockdown that way that you can look back and say hey you know are we living in contagion right now so yeah that was i think that was kind of like you know the ultimate surrealist horror kind of thing but um you know i did i did get around i mean and again that, that's a good pick mike i think that's awesome you rewatched that because i i did enjoy it quite a bit it had some issues I yeah it was it was oh good. yeah but um i agree you know a lot of our, you know, all our audience here loves horror a24 is producing some excellent horror 
And what I've watched this last couple weeks has been a TV show that not necessarily you could call horror, but it's like my favorite thing I've watched this year. I'm telling you. And it's called Beef. Um, it's it's actually directed. It's very um rooted in like Japanese kind of like culture in a way because um the director writer is Japanese, but it's basically this dark horror comedy. It's mostly comedy, like a dark comedy, but it's basically about these two people who almost have like a road rage incident at the very beginning of the show, and the setup basically is he's having a bad day, she's having a bad day. They get pissed off at each other because they like cut one another off, and then they get this full fledged like chase scene back and forth to like to each other, and all they remember is each other's um, license plate numbers, and it's funny <laughs> because basically the entire first episode is just them like trying to hunt down each other, and of course there's like a lot of new like stakes and stuff that gets introduced to that as well. And there's a lot of like extra like things happening off of the side, like marriages and relationships and all that. But basically it's just them trying to get back at each other and it gets fucking crazy ass bonkers. It's so fun. And I, I can't recommend it enough. It's hilarious. Like at one point the guy goes to the girl's house and pretends to be a contractor and he goes in there and he, she's like, yeah, you know, we did this, we did that to the house and we just remodeled the the bathroom and he's like oh well your um contractor you know messed this up and messed that up about it and he's like do you have a bathroom that i could use and she's like yeah just use that one that we just remodeled and he goes in there and closes the door and he pisses all over her bathroom and then like <laughs> like it's so funny because he like he walks out and says okay well thank you for the tour i have to get going and she's like what's going on and she opens up the bathroom door and he's just like pissed all over the bathroom and she's like <laughs> runs out there and then like it's it's goofy it's fun it's like 10 episodes i haven't finished it yet but it's i'm telling you it's it gets really kind of like surreal it gets really you know it's it's it has comedy it has a lot of like kind of like really 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 good themes going throughout this and i think that it's definitely going to be one of those um tv series uh, to be remembered and it's on netflix too so i would oh, definitely check that out for sure yeah it, it, all it takes is that first episode in your health. It's amazing. It really is. And again, it's A24. So not necessarily, I can't call this horror, but again, it's like my favorite thing I've watched this year. And a lot of people who do listen to the podcast, I think would absolutely like checking this out. It's worth it. Sure. That is beef. Beef. Yeah, also it's kind of funny too because it has it, it's kind of they play off of that and they have like these like pictures of raw meat as the title card that comes up, but it's not about that at all. It's about them having beef with each other. I just think it's <laughs> all right. You're up, Chris. What you got? I did another rewatch because uh, same as you guys with uh, toward you know toward this time of year with you know work and then. You know, my daughter's in school with her end of school year activities and all of that. There hasn't been much time to to really sit down and watch the stuff that I really want to watch. But I did do a rewatch the other day. I watched Jeepers Creepers again for the 20th time or whatever. And man, this movie still holds up. It's still really, really good. That opening sequence with the car chase is always, always interesting. The The discovery of you know, the creature morphing into different parts throughout the movie when he, you know, learns that he has wings, you, all this stuff that happens throughout is still, you know, still interesting. Like every time I see it happen, I'm just like, man, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that happened. And the scene with uh, the creeper 
walks in at, at the nighttime sequence with the old lady with the cats and she has like the shotgun and everything oh yeah and he looks like the scarecrow and he's standing outside the house that's still a really creepy scene man and i, I anytime i try to put myself into a character in a movie and i would put myself you know at the location of the house and if i if i was there and looking out and saw what looked like a scarecrow and then all of a sudden it's gone and i know something's been chasing me and i don't know what it is i mean i'd be terrified it's really really cool really fun I have not watched that since I've been like seven years old. I I'll be honest, I don't remember anything besides like tiny little fragments of that. I but, remember watching it in theaters when it first came out, and uh, this was what two thousand one was that when it came out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was what? Uh, oh, 14, 15, 15 years old uh, when that movie came out. Yeah, and. I remember going to the theaters and watching that with a group of friends and just loving it to see how all my friends were terrified of this movie. They were actually screaming at, at, at scenes in the movie. They were jumping, they were screaming, they were legitimately scared. And here I am, you know, the same age as them. And these guys are much bigger than I was. And I'm just sitting here smiling, like how entertaining and how fun it is. And it was just awesome. It was a great experience. I had in theaters watching it for the first time. You really don't get, I, I don't know if you guys feel this well enough as we're getting older or if it just is like streaming or desensitization. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't feel the same in having a theater experience with like the audience anymore. Have you guys noticed that? Like back in like, the, yeah. it was like a moment from like 2007 or eight and before, if you went to the theater, it was a completely different vibe than you have now. Also, like the it architecture did- in there kind of feels different. It just doesn't feel the same. Yeah, it, it depends on the type of movie that you're watching too. Because if I'm watching like a legit scary film, like a, a a paranormal ghost movie, I don't want people to to make noise during the entire thing. I want it to be like dead silence. So if somebody gets scared or whatever and they they scream, it just it takes me out of the movie. But if a movie is really fun and entertaining, there's you know blood and gore flying everywhere, and you know chainsaws revving up, and people getting killed, and people are joking around at certain dialogue or certain scenes or certain death scenes and stuff, and you know they're laughing and they're shouting stuff at the screen, it does make it really fun. It just depends on how the audience reacts to stuff, and it it can be really good or really bad. I mean, yeah, it's a great type of movie for for sure, hundred percent. Because if you have if you have like one of those movies that you really like you're looking forward to and it's very serious and straightforward, like you know, hardcore horror, it's not it's not goopy, for example. It's it's <laughs> down you want to like really have this like attentive kind of look, especially like if it's one of those like horror films that's very quick, like witty kind of horror horror films that like moves quickly. You don't want to be interrupted, but if it's like one of those, like for example, Evil Dead Rise, if I had a theater that wasn't just like a, a weird couple that was just in there with us is all it was, um, it would have been fun with an audience, I feel like. I think it's like one of those audience type. Can, can I just take the time to say that we need to make a t-shirt from the, the big morphed Evil Dead blob at the end of the film and just have a t-shirt okay. with that in the center of it and just say goopy horror. Yes, God, that's you know great. we need to trademark this right now. We ha- we are now going to dub it Go- Goopy Horror. <laughs> Goopy Horror. Goopy Horror. We gotta get Letterbox <laughs> right now and make a whole entire list of every Goopy Horror film I'll consider extra Goopy, and that's yeah. Ha- hashtag Goopy Horror <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I really I do need to get around to watching. Um, 
I went through this phase. I mean, we all know about Victor Salva, the director. Um, yeah. Separating the art from the yeah. artist. Obviously, he went to prison um, for doing things. And there was a moment where I was like, I'll never watch Jeepers Creepers again as long as like I live. I, I could never separate that. But now it's been, you know, a couple of years. I'm kind of like re-looking at my viewpoint of this. And I think that I definitely want to revisit the film now because I, I barely remember because I remember being scared by it. I, I remember like I used to go to my grandma's house and it would come on TV and I would watch like little parts of it. And I would remember like it actually scared me. Like it was it was pretty like it's it's it was fun. So I really do need to sit down and you know rewatch that. And I think that I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to separate the art from the artist, you know. Yeah, yeah. sure. What else do y'all watch? Anything else? Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Battle? Let's battle. Right. Yeah, let's go ahead. Well, this will be a little bit, probably a shorter episode, but you know, why not? Cool. Might as well. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back for the battle. All right, guys. Welcome back. We are ready to battle here. Um, three films will enter, one film will leave. Um, this is going to be the um, comedy horror battle. And I guess I, you know, there's something that I've been really looking forward to talking about, and that's going to be Mike's pick. <laughs> so let's talk about Mike's pick. Go ahead. Right. All right. All right. Um, so I chose Cocaine Bear. And I just, just love the, the title. title. The title itself is like appealing. You're like, well, okay, I, I got to know what happens, you know? So. Besides this being inspired by true events, which is shocking. So let me start off with that. This was based, it, 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 it was a true story or tr based on true events. I think it was in the 80s that a drug runner plane crashed and uh, dropped, I mean, a massive, a massive amount of cocaine over a forest. And I think it was in maybe Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. But massive amount of cocaine in in a it would it would probably just be enough to hold me over for a couple hours. I mean, listen, I'm from the Western Huntington, maybe a day, maybe a day, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a good weekend party, you know. Um, <laughs> but anyways, this bear gets a hold of this cocaine and eats it. I mean, it. I forgot how many pounds it was. I mean, enough to kill a small community. But the, the the cocaine or the the bear itself, I mean, just gets this burst of energy and anger. And I mean, a bear's already like angry, so like, and it just goes on this absolute tear in the in the forest. And there's hikers and like you know, um, it, it it what I appreciate about this phone, it doesn't take long. Or uh, what I appreciate about this movie, it does not take long to start off and i mean opening scene it's like about these hikers and this i think it's the, the 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 woman hiker just gets absolutely mauled by this bear i mean just taken off and and just torn apart and it's a bloody fun mess i feel but in regards to the opening scene it, it falls flat in some areas um, it, it hits a slow spot throughout the movie, like kind of about 30% into the movie, 40% of the movie, kind of not really halfway through the movie. It kind of gets boring. 
And um, yeah, that that opening scene though is, <laughs> I was laughing my ass off because you have that bear like it just killed or attacked two people, and then yeah. <laughs> the title sequence of Cocaine Bear appears and a butterfly floats by and the bear's like goes from its rage to like yeah like, like just happiness in a matter of seconds. It's like rawr, rawr. like a the bear has ADD <laughs> plus hyped up on cocaine. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a scene in this in this movie that I absolutely laughed my ass off so much. But then again, I'm like, holy shit. So this woman gets put into an ambulance and the bear <laughs> jumps midair in slow motion and gets, I think he, doesn't he get into the ambulance or knocks into the ambulance? Something like that. Yeah. And the woman falls out of the back. And she's in a stretcher, all like, you know, like strapped down. So she has no control to put her arms up or anything. And she falls, and the, and the ambulance is like driving, let's say, 40 miles per hour. And she falls out the back, and she just skids. Her body, her face just skids on the ground. And you can hear, it's like, and that's her, that's her skin. And like, I don't know why, but I laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> watching this woman's death getting dragged on the street um but back to the back to i'm jumping around because it's a movie that doesn't make sense it's just a lot of yeah and and there's really no like there's really no way you can go in this movie and give a full detailed storyline but i will tell you this the cgi for the bear is actually shockingly good at times i'm not saying all the time through the movie but it's pretty good for uh, what it's worth. The gore is actually, to me, I thought it was impressive. Um, but there were some there were some things that I didn't like. There was a scene where, and I think Lax and I talked about this, where the kids found the cocaine laying in the woods and they tried it. They they either tasted it or they snorted it. They did. Yeah, something. they they took a spoonful of cocaine. Right. We're talking about right. what like like twelve year old kids or, or younger than that. And it was a spoonful of cocaine that they put in their mouth. Yeah, they spit it out because that, they didn't okay, like the yeah. taste and it was like powdery. But I mean, that would have had an effect on them, like a big effect. And nothing. And they had and, no reaction to it whatsoever. That was the only one, complaint. But but we're talking about a movie called Cocaine Bear. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And nothing, like I said, nothing <clears throat> makes sense. And there's also a scene where they're like running from this bear and they're um, – they're like, get under the gazebo. And the one dude's like, what's a gazebo? And I laugh so hard on that. You know? Okay. So there's there's a group of uh there's a group of gang members that attack these people who are looking for the drugs. The people who are looking for the drugs obviously are like, you know, they're they're hardcore, they got their guns and everything, they're they're in gangs. But these young teenagers who are in this gang like jump these guys and they get the crap beat out of them by them. And so he, the, the, the big, you know, druggies kidnap the main gang leader, the main teenager gang, and forces him to take them to the gazebo. And this kid that plays him is really freaking hilarious, by the way. Yeah. And while they're at the gazebo, the bear shows up and they're like, what do we do? And they're like, play dead. And like the, the teenager just drops to the ground immediately and just like flops down. 
and the yeah. bear goes over and sits on top of the other guy. Top of it. <laughs> and he goes, he's like, he's like, we got to get the this. Uh, she she's sitting on top of me. And they're like, how do you know it's a she? Because just you hear him mumble, her vagina's in my face. <laughs> it's just like the, the funniest thing. I laughed. But so I didn't, hard I didn't get that because it, what the vagina was not in his face. I, I know. I, I like, think it was just like the joke was. It was like yeah, I don't know. It was just it was just funny to say <laughs> mumbled underneath the bear, and even though it didn't make any sense, it was still fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I mean, just a just a quick. If, if you're just going into this and you haven't seen any, like, you know, uh, trailers for it um, at all, which I'm sure everybody now has seen it, but overall, Cocaine Bear to me is a entertaining, ridiculous film that delivers, like, it delivers one promise. It delivers a cocaine-fueled bear on a killing spree, and it's entertaining. Um, you're you're not going to get much of a storyline other than that. Um you know, it is definitely worth watching. It it's it's just some mindless fun. You know, there's there's nothing really else to it. It's just it's a fun watch. It's it's a cool. You can watch it with a group of people and laugh your asses off. And um, I definitely think it's it's worth the watch. Um, but then again, it is a movie, so like overall, it falls short on on a lot of pieces. There are some really s- slow spots in the movie there's some spots in the movie that does not make sense but then again we're talking about a bear on cocaine so there's a lot of shit or we could call him pablo escobar (laughs) that's good that's good that's good how long were you waiting to say that i know i was like okay okay i know i know know where we're going with this i was like yeah it's pablo escobar but no it's like you know what it reminds me of it's like one of those films that like asylum would do or like sci-fi channel would do and it was like you know sharknado for example and it's just like they didn't give them a lot of money to make that so this is like you know like i don't know if you guys would felt this way but growing up i was like what if they would just give like an asylum film or like a you know some like fucking like sharknado film like a big budget and release it everywhere and this was like this is what we were waiting for you know we get cocaine bear yeah I think they give like $35 million. And I actually watched this one theory um, online. Um, and it was, it was kind of interesting because if you guys noticed like the film, even though it was mostly in daylight felt very dark. And they said that, you know, it's very easy to hide imperfections and CGI. If the film kind of looks darker. So even if it's daylight and it looks a little bit darker, if you make CGI happen and it's, it's some kind of like a weird technical thing, but it makes the CGI look better is what I'm trying to say. And Pablo Escobar looked pretty good, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because it had that kind of like crushed blacks, but now this is Elizabeth Banks directing this, which, okay. I'm not like trying to hate Elizabeth Banks, but let's just say, you know, pitch perfect. Um, she directed, you know, she directed that, she directed Charlie's Angels remake. So, you know, you have these kind of like goofy kind of like films. And then you have Cocaine Bear. She's kind of a great fit. I'm not trying to hate on her, but again, Bear on the screen, good. Good. <laughs> bear off the screen, bad. No. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just bear with us. <laughs> yeah, just bear with <laughs> us until the bear comes out. To do the <laughs> so, the, the movie. Escobar was great, though. 
Yeah, the movie it's it's really strange because it it gets better as the movie goes along. Like every yeah. ten minutes, the movie gets better than the previous ten minutes, and it gets funnier every ten minutes. And it almost plays out like the last thirty minutes of the movie plays out like a Spielbergian like adventure film for kids. Dude, you want to know yeah. why? Because this obviously happened back in the eighties. Um, and cocaine bear being that kind of like the, the characters were written kind of like et like fuck i mean like we're not like et is the bear at this point and it felt yeah very, like 80s like you said adventure type at the end and i got that i got i got that too i was gonna mention it because i think that that's kind of what it was trying to do was it was trying to make an 80s throwback film i will tell you this Sorry, I, lo- I love uh isaiah whitlock i just love the way the guy talks you know, um, I think he played uh, the detective in the Cocaine Bear. It's just his dry voice. Like, he's just like, well, guys, there's a bear out there and we got to find it, you know. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know why I love that guy's voice. It's like kind of calm. But um, I, I, and then also, uh, what is it? Uh, is it Ice Cube's son or... Uh, Wait, who was is it? Some, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr.? Isn't he like? Oh, I'm yeah, sure Ice he's Cube's son. okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ice Cube's son. So like, he's in there. And yeah. then, yeah, and like, yeah. He, Ice Chip. I, I, Ice Chip. I like him as an actor. Uh, because he's a chip. But, <laughs> um, but overall, it, it's it's just a really fun. You can watch this movie sober. You can watch this movie having a party, having some drinks. No matter what, sober or 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 not sober you're you're going to have laugh your ass off in, in some some of these and throughout this movie uh, it's fun but it ends there it's not great it's not it's not terrible it's it's laughable um so my overall rating on the movie that i picked it could have been a lot better but then again i've seen a lot of movies trying to go this way and be funny somewhat horror adventurous comical um, but I gave this movie a, a, what did I give this movie? I think I gave it a six. Yeah. So I, we haven't watched this movie for so long. So it, it went yeah. up an extra point. Yeah. So, uh, are you on cocaine right now, Mike? <laughs> I, I might, I mind your own fucking business. Maybe I am. <laughs> Co- but I gave okay, this movie Mike. a six. <laughs> I mean, this movie to a me, six. it felt straight comedy. Um, and yeah. I know like where it kind of falls in the horror category is, you look back at these like animal attacks films and it's trying to be like an animal attacks film, but it's obviously called cocaine bears. So it's more comedy than anything. So yeah. to me, I, I just got straight comedy and I'm craving, I don't know about y'all, but I am craving a good comedy. There's not been a good comedy that's come out in a very long time, especially a horror comedy. So the fact that this even exists, the fact that it was greenlit, the fact that they gave it $35 million, the fact that they had a fucking bear on cocaine, the fact they released this in like 3,000 theaters, it's absolutely insane. And I think it's great. Um, did I love it? No, I absolutely did not like it at all. Um, did I absolutely hate it though? Not really. I mean, I definitely didn't like it as much as Evil Dead Rise, which also kind of has those weird kind of like goofy moments in it too. It's not goopy, but it's goofy, Chris. Um, <laughs> I would give it like, I'm going to give it a five. I would say it's right in the center for me. And um, again, bear on the screen, good. Bear off the screen, bad, no. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those people where I love a good killer bear movie, but taken serious. This one, like you said, was a lot more funny, a lot more comical aspect from it. It's 99% comedy, 1% horror because of the gore. The gore is the only thing that makes it a horror film whatsoever. And I love when they use real bears and when they use like men in suit bears, even though that the CG bear was actually really well done. It looked like a really good version of a seat of a bear, but a part of me, my nostalgic feeling, my love for those type of B movies was very much missing that real life bear or man in suit bear. And also, like I said, the movie got better as it went along. So the first half of the movie wasn't as good as the last half. Um, I would recommend the movie. I think it's, it was pretty funny. I laughed out loud three or four different times. Um, it was enjoyable, wasn't great, wasn't awful, but I do recommend it to a lot of people. So I would give it a six. We you have to keep in mind too, that the film had to, it was made for like the masses. Like when they, the moment they said, Hey, we're making cocaine bear. They could have said, hey, this would be a, a sci-fi movie. This could be an Asylum-style film, or we could have released it with RLJE Entertainment and just do, like, a VOD release on Shudder. Um, but this was, like, I mean, it's kind of, like, bonkers to me that this actually exists. You know what I mean? Like, in theaters. <laughs> and the fact that, like, yeah. Ray, Ray Liotta was in it as well, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. But, um yeah, I mean, it's it's that that's where its downfall is that I think it had a little bit too much money. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, what did you give your score, Tyler? Uh, Mike, six, six. So you got a total of seventeen for Cocaine Bear. Not a bad start. No, 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 no. <laughs> 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 All right, so I'll I'll jump in and uh, we'll move on to my pick for a horror comedy, and I went with the wonderful Idle Hands, and this was uh, what was this ninety nine? This did this come out ninety nine? I can't remember the date that it came uh, out. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Okay, so I'm going to read the back of the box here. I have I got the DVD here uh, from Columbia TriStar Pictures. It says, the devil will find work for idle hands to do, but what happens when he chooses the laziest teen slacker in the world to do his dirty work? Anton Tobias is a channel surf surfing, junk food munching, couch potato burnout who can't control his murderous impulses of his recently possessed hand. With the help of this zombified buddies, um, Anton's got to stop the rampaging devil appendage before it takes total control of his life and ruins his chance that he has with the class hottie. So this movie, I had watched it a long time ago when it first came out. And to be honest, I may have seen this in the movie theaters. I cannot remember to save my life if I watched it in theaters or not. But because I think it's because I've watched it so many times. I rented this back in the day a lot from the video store. And it it plays off like and you know, like how Evil Dead 2 has the possessed hand. I think that's what attracted me to it the most was hey, another movie where somebody gets their hand cut off and hand run around runs around and kills people. But I'm also a fan of movies that inanimate objects or the killers or something like that is something else is killing people besides, you know, a person. And that's what I really enjoyed about the movie. But Anton Tobias is played by Devin Sawa. And the movie starts off with him in his uh or his parents at his house, they are laying in the bed. They're getting ready for bed for to, to go to sleep. And they turn the lights off and they look up and there's a message on the ceiling that says, 
uh, I'm under the bed. So they freak out. They go to check out, you know, their sounds coming from the, from downstairs. They go to check it out. Ultimately they end up getting killed by an unknown presence cut to the modern time or to the next day of uh, Anton, where he is a complete slacker. Um, him and his friends, uh, one played by Seth Green. And you know right off the bat, if it's got Seth Green in it, it's going to be comical. It's, he's always funny and everything. Uh, but he doesn't know he's the killer, um, which you find out. Obviously, you know he is the killer based off within the first 10 minutes. They kind of give you every little description that he's the killer. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this movie because I love so much of this film. Ultimately, he gets his, like, the devil itself possesses a slacker, uh, which is him. It cuts his hand off because he doesn't want to kill people anymore. And the hand goes by itself in its own power, crawls around and murders people. And it does it in hilarious ways. It's a very over-the-top movie. And I, I ultimately have a lot of fun with this film, a lot of nostalgic. I haven't seen it in probably 15 years or so. And I actually really enjoyed this film. I mean, yeah, it's a it's like a very early stoner comedy. That's what I loved about it so much is that you you kind of watch it. And, you know, Devin Sawa, he does absolutely fantastic. And it's crazy that he he didn't you know, continue on to do more stoner kind of comedies. He played the role so well. I'm surprised he wasn't like more like on a hot list at the time for just, you know, like like Seth Green or something. Um, Because he really pulled it off. But, you know, we have Jessica Alba. Fantastic. Mike absolutely loves Jessica Alba. Um, oh my god <laughs> yeah Zethary, um devon sawa i love every single thing that this tried to do and it's crazy to know that it was it's not it's criminally like underseen like no one has no one talks about this and it's really it's it's very good it's very solid i think it's i mean it was it was great yeah see I love the- i'm gonna be the one that stands out in this i did not <laughs> like it as much as you guys um i thought I thought the buddies, um, the 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 stoner buddies were were done. What I, I like them. I thought they were really funny. Um, I thought, like you know, the dude carrying his head around was pretty pretty comical. But and I know this was all about the stoners slackers. But De- Devin and character to me was just over the top. Did not enjoy it. I just thought he was too much. Um, the only thing that made this movie was Jessica Alba. She was just <laughs> beyond, like, beyond <laughs> just, she's not ugly. Okay, let's just put it that way. I can't do it. Um, oh, um, but, <laughs> now, this, I have not seen this, though, until we watched it. I, I, I've never seen no this one, Dude, no one has. Like, it's... it's... I, I'm, Scene. And and maybe I think I would have probably liked this though if I would have seen it when did it come out ninety five ninety nine so or ninety nine so ninety nine so maybe if I would have seen this in like two thousand or maybe a few years after it came out I would have probably really enjoyed it because hey I was a little bit of a stoner myself so like I would have probably liked it <laughs> but I just I don't know I thought the the main character I know he's a popular actor back in the day. Um, didn't like his role. Thought he tried too hard. The hand was just a um, uh, what? It's like a souped-up version from Adam's family hand. Just a chaotic, murderous. You know, I get, I, I get. I, you know, it, like I said, I didn't love it, 
didn't hate it. It was one of those movies. I did laugh a few times. There were some like pretty cool parts in the movie, but the best thing about the movie was Jessica Alba. <laughs> I always remember something about the movie when, uh, when I, when I watched it, as a, uh, you know, growing up, um, uh, there's one scene that stood out to me when Seth Green's character is they're in the kitchen and they're, they're looking for items to cut the hand off with. And he like, he's grabbing the knife and trying to stab around and everything. But Seth Green's character grabs like the, the Turkey cutter or whatever that thing is. And he, he it's plugged in, he turns it on and he's like, look at me, look at me. I'm Leatherface," <laughs> And just watch. I think it was one of the first movies I watched that referenced other horror films because I, I well besides scream obviously but it was just one of those few films that i was that other movies like other horror films existed in the world of that film and the, whenever they referenced that i always remembered that scene and it, it just stuck out for me and then plus he throws the freaking hand in the microwave and it, it explodes in the microwave and then they toss a burrito in and eat the burrito <laughs> i just thought that was funny i mean it does it, it came out they it, Mike, something else you have to consider. Think about the days that this came out. So, like, 1999, we have Scream. When was that? Like, 96, right? Yes. Yeah. So, we have Scream 96. It's sandwiched in. There's Cherry Falls in 2000 on the other end of this. We have these 90s, early 2000s style of, like, I guess it's, like, self kind of like what Chris said, self-referential style of horror. And... Scream takes place with like a bunch of like uber like film nerds. Um, essentially, Cherry Falls kind of like you know kind of pokes fun in the in a meta way at the you know virgin kind of like stigma behind horror movies. So we have like these like we have films kind of like coming out that's more aware of the tropes of horror. And I think the Idle Hands kind of like you know maybe just like you mentioned like you know maybe it did take some like ideas from the Adams family. And then the success mixed with like, you know, scream and like understanding like where is horror today? And like, you know, let's just make a stoner comedy thrown in with some absolute, you know, fun, like horror-y kind of moments. And we'll bank off the fact that Scream was an absolute like fucking crazy ass success. And yeah. by this point, there was what two screams going on three. Um, so like it's just like I think that it fit and it made sense to make this film. Um, I think it did everything it needed to do. I don't know why it didn't do well. Um, it really it, had- it was a box office failure. I mean, I think I, it it was it spent like what what was that thirty some million dollars to it's make like a the movie million dollar budget, yeah. And it, it only made back roughly four million dollars back at theaters. So mm-hmm. it was definitely a bomb, but. They went all out for this movie. They really did. I mean, they got uh, what was the band um, Offspring? They got the Offspring to perform in the movie. Like, there's an actual scene with the movie, and the hand kills the lead singer of Offspring on stage at a party, which again they go all out for because every horror film from like the '80s, uh, you know, they always try to at least the, the the high school scene movies. There's always that party. And they, they, the kids have to go up to the end of the movie to where the big party happens and then everybody at the party yep. dies. Like, you know, like Carrie did in the seventies. Um, and it did that. It played that. There's that big Halloween dance party for, uh, for school. And it leads to one of the funniest moments in the movie, uh, at least for me. So Seth Green's character and the other character, uh, his name, is, his character name is Penub, but I don't know what it's, his, the actor that plays him, but 
they they fall or he falls in love with this girl and goes to the dance with this girl but he's dead remember so he's basically a zombie and the girl doesn't really know that and he's trying to get it on with this girl the entire time they're at the dance and the girl is running from the severed hand it chases him through like a uh, an air duct and at the end of the air duct is this giant fan that's going around in circles and they stop the fan from spinning by putting a shoe in the side of it to keep it from spinning. And they're trying to like use a rope to climb down through the vent uh, or through the fan. And uh, the hand knocks the shoe out from the fan and it starts spinning uh, fast again. And it, it shoots her up through the fan and chops her up into big, big pieces and blood flies everywhere. And Penub and Seth Green's character, when they are coming looking for her, they're climbing through the vent and they come to all the blood and everything. And uh, he was like, Oh man, we got to go back. He's like, yeah, I was, I was really hoping to to get a piece of, of her tonight. And he goes, Oh, well, if you want a piece of her, we can go back and get one. Like, I don't know why, but that scene <laughs> cracks me up every time. I laugh. Honestly, yeah. I laugh. That so much. I wasn't like, so like, I didn't have a response to that, but now you're like explaining it in the way the, the film kind of is set up. It's a perfect, it's a perfect joke. It, doesn't it feel like one of those like very like MTV um, style films? Yes, it feels yes. very 1999. Yep. It, it's like yeah, MTV feeling. And you even have a sequence. Uh, one of the coolest sequences too. Uh, there's a character or there's an actor named Seth. Uh, oh my gosh, uh, Seth Wallen or Seth Seth we- uh, Whalen. Uh, he was in like People Under the Stairs, um, but uh, he is playing a cop in this scene and he goes to Anton Tobias house, Sean Whalen. That's it. Sorry. Sean Whalen is the, yeah, is the guy's so name. Was, yeah. uh, he, he plays one of the, one of the cops and uh, Anton's character is watching MTV and he's watching Rob Zombie's Dragula music video. And it's like blasting through the house and the cops come to find him. And that's whenever, you know, Anton does his like actual start to killing everybody, kills the cops and, and stuff. And it's a, it's a really cool scene. I, I, that's one scene I always remember too. Like anytime anybody mentions idle hands, I remember the scene of him watching Rob Zombie's Dragula music video in the, in the film. Yeah. I think that's a very um, memorable moment. And that's, that's something I loved about this. Cause you have to understand, I kind of like, I was just coming in to, like really digging like culture of like horror culture of music mtv you know the whole surge soda kick kind of thing that feeling of like the 1990s and then the films that surround it with like like i said cherry falls you know we have scream all those are kind of like self-referential slashers mixed with that um concept of kind of like being a very mtv filling kind of time i'm trying to like encapsulate all this into one i'm trying to like find the words for but it's hard to even describe unless you were kind of like alive during the time you guys know what i'm talking about but and hopefully like the listeners mm-hmm. can pick this up too because it's a very specific feeling that this movie gives me and it does it makes me it makes me remember everything that i loved about kind of like 90s horror moving into the early 2000s and the and the way television was at the time as well it has this like whenever I think nostalgia, a lot of people may think back to like 80s horror. And I did have a lot of that too, like, you know, growing up with 80s horror. But this, to me, is kind of like my nostalgia. It's just like, I watch this, I feel this sense of like growing up, loving horror, loving like, you know, 
kicking back and, you know, watching, finding something on TV that I'm not supposed to be watching that I watch anyway when my parents are asleep. You know what I mean? It gives that feeling. It has a very fun, laid back, chill. You're not like, we're not like really focusing on like the story too much. It's just a fun overall arching film. And like I said, Devin Sawa fucking kills it. Jessica Alba is as great as ever. Seth Green, we all know Seth Green. So again, I mean, it's, I, I really did like it. I know that my score is not going to be, it's definitely not a perfect film. I don't want to say like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. Cause it, I do see a lot of negatives to it. And it, it obviously it's just, it's far from perfect, but it still has that feeling and nostalgia. So I gave it an extra like point or two just for that reason. But I think Chris, I think you're like probably one. And there was like, I know this isn't one of your favorite movies of all time, but I feel like you're like one of the biggest fans of Idle Hands just because it's so underseen the way like you responded to it and the way I responded to it. I think that, I think that's a lot of people who love this film. I think that's how they feel about it. You know what I mean? Like that's what. Well, I I do really love this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think maybe the nostalgic of me watching it as many times as I did growing up has a big part of that. But if you were to put like a list of like my favorite, like top 50 horror films, it doesn't even make that list because like you said, it's not a great movie. It is a lot of fun but it's not that great of a film. I just, I, I have a lot of nostalgic memories watching the movie. And there was a lot of moments in the movie that when they happened, I, I kept waiting for them to happen. I remember the the opening scene where uh, Anton's parents goes, uh, or where the Anton's parents get killed. And then he wakes up the next morning, he's walking through the house. And all of a sudden my mind was like, cat licking an eyeball like i just kept saying that i was like oh I, there's something with the cat licking an eyeball and then i'm um, sure enough they show the scene where the cat well, starts licking the eyeball on the floor and devin's or devin saw his character is like oblivious to everything around him has no clue what's going on and it was just those little weird like nostalgic memories i had that that made me you know re-like the movie again and i i used to give this movie a, a nine out of ten i even told you guys that i used to give this movie a nine out of ten um, but ultimately, I think with just the way that I watched it this time, it's n- it's nowhere near as fun as it used to be as a kid. But I still give it a high rating, and it's it's based off nostalgic factor alone and just fun of a film. I gave it an eight. Hey, I gave it an eight. That's that's actually very very good. And um, it's now available. I think Scream Factory put it out, so hopefully it's getting rediscovered a little bit. But I'm almost positive that Scream Factory. I mean, not a lot of people's bought that. Um, it seems to be like, uh, like yeah, I got the DVD still. I haven't bought the the Blu-ray yeah, yet. Out there and buy, come on, you need to buy the Blu-ray. Come on, they they don't they haven't sold any copies. <laughs> like no one's bought this. Um, they won't. <laughs> I want to hear what you think. What what's your score? Mine. Yeah. Because we have an eight um, I know you didn't like it near as much. I hope that you're I, coming around to it. Um, I'm I'm kind of stuck. It's like in between for me. Um, didn't didn't absolutely hate it. Definitely didn't love it. Would I probably watch it again? Maybe if it was on TV. You know, I wouldn't go like purposely like stream it or rent it or buy it but um, yeah, i wouldn't either i mean it's it's one of those, i mean you want to watch like once every 10 years or something yeah like like if it's on tv for like a halloween special or something like i might watch i would watch it you know i, I would not not watch it but i gave it a five i gave it a five. Ooh, oh wow and and it got four oh, points man, it got it got four points for jessica alba and the other <laughs> ones for the whole movie the movie in general 
the movie in general. No, I enjoyed it way much. English, Tyler, English. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. And it's surprising probably to a lot of people because I, it's not a film that I necessarily would love. It seems like, but I gave it a seven out of 10. I mean, I, I went in there thinking I was going to give it like a four or five because I had seen parts of it before and I thought it was okay, but I was like, it's, yeah, it's a little wonky. It's whatever. It's not, it, it's not great at all. And watching it this time, something happened. I don't know if I'm on this like weird kick because I watched BioZombie and it had this very 90s video store kind of feel to it too. And this kind of, I mean, it wasn't the same film by any means, but both of those films kind of gave me that sense of like growing up in that transition period between the 90s and 2000s. And I really, I really dug that. And I, again, I think it's a shame that Devin Sawa hasn't done you know, didn't do more because now I think it's too late for him. But during that time where he was that young, I would have loved to have seen like a 2000, 2001 stoner comedy with Devin Sawa that was just straight up like, you know, comedy at that point. But um, yeah, I mean, it was solid. I mean, it's definitely one that I, I'm going to put on my list as like, you know, one of the most nostalgic films for me. Also like to, I forgot to mention this, uh, the ending of the movie where the hand is hiding and it, it it hides itself into one of those hand puppets so i mean obvious choice to hide your hand in a hand puppet and then the hand puppet is the one like that's pushing the the at the end of the film jessica alba is being crushed by a car with a it's on like a mechanics lift and so the the hand is over there and it's pr- pushing down on the handle of the mechanics lift pushing the car up to the ceiling and just Alba's about to be crushed, but it's hiding inside that hand puppet. So it's like, it's got this goofy look on its face and everything. And it's, I always thought that was funny, even though I hate the ending of it, whenever um, Anton Tobias, Anton's character gets knocked underneath the car and he's like, ends up in the hospital with like every broken bone in his body. I just thought that was extremely dumb. It doesn't make any sense for the movie whatsoever. It was a dumb ending. Um, that's the only thing I could say I didn't like about the film was the the exact ending of the movie. Yeah. I mean, it did have those moments too that you're just kind of like scratching your head, but that's kind of like what makes it like fun and like wonky too, though. I, I gave it a pass for that. But um, what does that give your, your score? So we have a five, we have a seven, mm-hmm. and we have an eight. 21. 21, wow. So Cocaine Bear taking the hit yeah he's a little coked out right now <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Escobar has left the building but I uh, think they should make a sequel later on and it's going to be the, the Cubs of Cocaine Bear and it's going to be called Cocaine Cub that's hilarious you know <laughs> if you guys remember that movie that came out not too long ago it was called Zombievers yeah, yeah, I I hated that movie. I hated yeah. it. That's what it reminded me of. Like Cocaine Bear had this vibe that was very like Zombievers to me. Like if Zombievers had like an extra twenty million dollars, I feel like it would have been Cocaine Bear. But Chris is in the lead right now. But I can tell y'all that's not for long because I have a film here that is an absolute favorite of mine. And I had not seen it in such a long time because it's not easily accessible. And it's criminal that this film is not easily accessible at this point. And it is by Peter Jackson. It is an amazing film. It is called King Kong. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but honestly, but honestly, right, right, right. I'm not too far yeah. off here. So not this, too far off, guys. I, I guarantee at home, somebody's like, I know what that guy's gonna say. We're talking about the 1993 film Brain Dead, and this film is goopy. That's the that's the first one right there. It's- <laughs> I, I told Mike, I said, I said, I guarantee you when Tyler does his introduction, he's not going to call it Dead Alive. He's going to call it by the original Australian release or New Zealand <laughs> release of uh, of Brain Dead. And I was right. I knew it. It's called Brain Dead. Okay, it's so the film. It, okay, it's Dead Alive in the States, Brain Dead everywhere else. But the thing is, is it's just like it was meant to be called Brain Dead. Peter Jackson wanted to be called Brain Dead. We love Peter Jackson here. Come on. Give me a break. Um, but anyway, so basically, how do you guys, how do I even describe this film? How do I even start? So it starts off on we have Skull Island. So that's the first thing. Skull Island right there. That's where, you know, obviously all the creatures and Kongs from to begin with. So right here in the middle of Skull Island, there is a Sumaltran like spider monkey or spider rat, right? And this spider rat basically get shipped off to this New Zealand zoo. This is the setup. And we kind of get this like kind of communal town that's very like kind of small town anywhere kind of place. And um this dude goes to the zoo um with his mom and she gets bit by this Sumatran spider rat monkey creature from Skull Island. That's the setup. The stop motion rat monkey. Right, yeah, but it's let me tell you, this is absolutely the most insane thing you've ever seen in your entire life. It's very goopy, it's very uh, it's fun. It's, it's, I mean, I just I love this so much. I don't know how to even describe it. There's a scene just to just to describe the goop, there's a scene considered it's about oh god, yes, and she gets bit okay, okay, before we get in, before we get in that tire, this movie is deemed the goriest fright film of all time and i even like most people would say oh not today because like you know the the evil dead remake from 2013 had raining blood and evil dead rise had 72 gallons of blood spilled no i think this movie still to this day is the goriest movie i've ever seen in my entire life from start to finish this movie has blood goop uh bodily fluids of all sorts everything even urine everything is flying in this movie and getting back to the scene you're talking about if you want to describe the scene it it is something that makes me gag just thinking about the scene i could watch it 10 times and i'll gag all 10 times i mean it's just like you think about those scenes that like the shock factor so you have the the cheese grater scene from um evil dead rise this is that scene for them and there's this moment where they're all eating pudding and they're having this casual conversation oh god yes (laughs) because at the same time no one notices this shit going down even though it's going down and the woman like is absolutely just falling apart at the table like her ear is hanging by a thread there and they're just sitting there saying oh this is the best pudding i've ever had kind of thing and he's like like eating it up just him alone before any goop happens just the close-up of him taking a bite of the pudding by itself uh, uh, it's just the way it's just so gross. Oh, God. The it's pudding is goopy. The pudding adds the goop. That's what it is. I want to interrupt you both. I was actually beginning to eat something, and, and when I, that scene came on, 
I left it in the microwave. I did. I did. I just. I. I, I didn't eat. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of disgusting things. So she shoots across the entire like table. All I mean, like, they're sitting pretty far away. This got some air, like whatever is shot out of her. This is pussy. It's like a pussy blood, if I'm remembering right. And it lands right inside of this goopy, gross pudding that he's just going on and on about how delicious it is. And then he food in the most barbaric way and like shoves it into this nasty, goopy pudding with pus and blood and like fluids all in it. And he goes, (laughs) and starts eating it. And I'm sitting here like, and you just want to cringe, but you also love it. There's something about it. Whenever you think horror or comedy, that is cinema. That is like the pinnacle of cinema right there. I don't think that they could have gotten any like absolutely bonkers. And the fact that this is Peter Jackson that made this, I I just cannot. He's and that's I mean, not even like that is probably the the most grossest scene in the entire film, but yeah. it is not the most over the top scene. Um, there's even another scene that has to do with like a dinner table scene that makes me gag too is once so basically it's a zombie movie everybody that is been bitten or scratched or any infected by that rat monkey or anybody that was bitten by that rat monkey also gets in yeah so it's basically a, a zombie film and everybody turns into zombies but there's a scene where there's these zombies that are, are tied up to a table. They're, the guy's trying to train, or not train them, but like to keep them from attacking anybody. And he's got them kind of under control, and he's trying to feed them and everything. And one of the zombies takes a bite of food and shoves it in its mouth, and it comes out the back of its head. And like the food and the brains and everything is on the spoon hanging out the back of his head. And the other zombie reaches over, grabs the, the spoonful, and then puts it in its mouth and starts chewing on it. And it's God, so it's... disgusting. But I will tell Ugh. you who the best the best actor, the, the best character in this movie is uh, the uh, the Kung Fu Priest. Absolutely, the Kung Fu Priest. Hell yeah. Just whipping ass all throughout the movie. Oh, Loved yeah. it. I mean, like, what this film kind of delivers it all. Like, there's necrophilia, there's, like, gloopiness, there's, like, zombie, there's horror, there's comedy, you have Skull Island there at the front. It's just everything, and there's, like, this kind of, like, weird kind of, like, almost psycho-style quality to it as well, because that, like, the mother, you know what I mean? So, I mean... Yeah, and we didn't even really explain the the plot. I mean, the plot there, itself there is, is over the top, too. <laughs> yeah. So... So the main guy, he um, his mom gets bitten and she turns into the zombie and he's trying to keep her from becoming a zombie. So he gets he goes to visit this doctor to get this like tranquilizer pills or tranquilizer shots and which looks like the reanimator serum. And uh, so he he puts the, the tranquilizer into his mom and she basically stops being a zombie, like just dies, is dead or asleep or whatever for that time period until she, it wears off as she becomes a zombie again. But um, because she dies, family members start, you know, coming over to the house and like one person realizes that he's keeping her in the basement and he's going to tell on everybody if he doesn't like give him the house and it's this giant mansion. So he throws this big house party at the end of the movie and uh, 
all the characters for like, like the entire town basically comes to this house to throw this big party. And that's where the real fun begins is um, the zombies that he keeps the zombies locked up in the basement, everybody that's been attacked or bitten by the mom. Um, and they all come out of the basement because that stupid, annoying guy lets them out and they attack everybody at the party. And then everybody at the party becomes a zombie. So there's like hundreds and hundreds of zombies inside this one house trying to attack Lionel, which is the main guy. Uh, it's so much fun. Like, it's so fun. And that's all you can really say about it. I mean, it's really, it's just so, I mean, like, sitting all over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like one of those, like, beard pizza style movies you'd watch with, like, friends and it's just, you know, it's it's fun to talk about. And it's not really necessarily the plot you even have to, like, even focus on. It's just, like, the crazy-ass moments throughout that you could talk about. And that's just, like, that's what makes it so fun, right? It's just, it's, that's really, like, the pinnacle of this film is to know that. There's a scene Go ahead, yeah. in a cemetery where there is a pr- there's a oh, priest. God. Mike's it. favorite character. Mike's favorite character. Love it. The, the, so there's this like fifth. Oh, I didn't even realize this. The movie takes place in like the fifties. It does. Yeah. So there's like this group of like the fifties biker gang members or whatever, like the you know the the sharks versus the you know whatever. Um, I'm just waiting for them to break out with like the finger snapping and like doing the little like dance. <laughs> Do uh, But they're they're visiting the cemetery and they're causing problems. They're like vandalizing tombstones and they're peeing on the graves and. The uh, the mom from where she was already a zombie is, gets buried and she rises up from the from the grave and grabs the the gang member by the dick <laughs> and like blood shoots everywhere like it's like more blood comes from him than in like his entire body there's just more blood from that <laughs> and blood's flying everywhere so he becomes a zombie and whenever he becomes a zombie the priest that's nearby realizes what's happening and starts doing kung fu to kill the zombie and he literally starts off by like he jump kicks the zombie and like severs the like rips the (laughs) arms off starts fighting with the arms knocks the body like the head off um and starts like more kung fu and then just jumps up and is like i kick ass for the lord just really (laughs) quotable moments uh i mean it's so over the top and so outlandish and it's comical, but it's done like everybody in the movie takes it 100% serious. Yeah, very, yeah, absolutely. But it was meant to be like that kind of like, you know, funny kind of goofy style film. And he did this once before with Bad Taste, which I was, I mean, I still liked, but it definitely was nothing like you've, there's honestly, I know it's weird to say, but there's brain dead is nothing short of a like a horror masterpiece. Like this is like it they've did everything that you'd want it to possibly do. Especially whenever you think of it being this is like a B horror movie in the nineties. Um and it's also not even you know, it was made in New Zealand. And to know that a New Zealand B horror movie in the nineties could be that close to something that's you know near perfect in terms of like being this like b movie goofiness it's just like i mean it's a movie that's absolutely essential for like horror fans and i mean like i said it's it's underseen yet again another one of those like films that people should be watching and paying attention to that you don't it would be a great double with you know a fulci movie or you could watch king kong with it 
it's very yeah. interesting but i do think it's in the same world as king kong and this is my theory so you know like how skull island has like all the weird sumatran like weird kind of like creatures right well what they take this spider monkey sumatran spider monkey from skull island and skull island can only be a reference to king kong that existed 70 years before the film so it's just like okay they put the premise of this like as like this like weird king kong sky skull island kind of like film and then they put in this like reanimator style there's a little bit of a like a psycho kind of flair to it there's it has like every little tiny subgenre of horror from like 30 40 50 years before the film came out thrown into it plus peter jackson's doing his own thing on top of that the actors are playing this completely straight they're doing a great job at it the gore effects are fantastic the the way the entire script kind of goes together is absolutely fantastic doesn't make much sense not really even though like it does have a, a basic plot to it but like we were talking about the plot necessarily doesn't even matter it's what they've done with it it's just absolutely bonkers in every way that you'd want it to be you know what i mean yeah, and just when you think oh, yeah, that it's yeah. just when you think that it's done being over the top, it goes even further. There's there's another scene where the zombies that are being locked up get start getting it on, and it, it's all it's <laughs> oh, yeah. also it's also goopy because the, while they're doing that, they're biting <laughs> each other's lip off, uh, but they create a zombie baby, and the the it I mean they have the baby within what a matter of minutes, like. <laughs> uh, the baby's born and it's like a toddler size and it's running around and the guy tries to take it to a park no, and he's trying to treat it we need to stop right there because the fact that he takes that baby that that weird like fucking like it, it, it is even a baby at that point and he like takes it to the park he's like what do i do with this i'm just gonna take it to the park and let it play with other children yeah I think that's what you were going to yeah. say. Go ahead, because you you're, you're now on it. There. Yep, absolutely. And it's so fucking hilarious whenever... So the baby gets out, and it starts running around, but nobody notices the zombie-esque of it. They just think that it's a normal kid. And he's trying to stop it from hurting anybody at all. So he's picking the baby up, and he's like casually like he's wanting to hurt it like he's slamming its head into like the the swing post and on the ground and like <laughs> yeah. touching it but he's trying to make it look like he's not doing that at all so <laughs> he's like slinging around it's so hysterical oh yeah that's like yeah too because it's just like no one's noticing this baby is you know a little off at that point so yeah it's great at that point that scene though is like a three stooges segment like you got the baby running and it jumps off like the the seesaw and the seesaw like like you know he does like the splits over the seesaw it hurts him we, and then like it rolls down the hill to three stooges <laughs> no i said i said the scene is like a three right. stooges scene yeah, I'll, I'll give it and you know like the 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 zombie baby is like rolling down the hill and it's it's, so it's like, i like how he stick Yes, he puts the he he looks over and he's like trying to see like oh how do other people you know play with their baby and like there's this there's this woman who's holding like a teddy bear up and she's playing with the baby so he does the same thing as soon as he puts the teddy bear up to the stroller the baby like starts eating and it's like he's like oh it's it's so good it's so good it is in every single way and um, I think we are completely like I think we're all on the same page here with this oh yeah. Absolute essential. This was Mike's first view. Mike had never seen this before. I've no never way. seen it. And it's never it's seen essential, it. is it not? You have oh to. Oh my! It, you have it's, to see it. it's 
it's a must watch and um it, god you could watch this anytime with a group or just by yourself but oh, dude yeah. it's it's a fantastic movie it's over the freaking top disgusting um i just god i don't even know a word to describe this movie but oh, fucking disgusting <laughs> Good. Yeah. Goopy, there it is. It's yep, Goopy. That's yep, Goopy. the word. It's Goopy. Know that this is the guy that made the like fucking like the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. He's made like these four hundred million dollar films, and he's like you know an Academy Award winner at this point. And he made this Goopy ass like crazy, bonkers, wild Skull Island esque you know zombie priests kung fu movie. I mean, I can't can you even describe it? It's a what was it called, Chris? Um, and that it's like a I'm I'm missing it here. I know that you you guys know what I'm talking about, but there was a style movie. It was like Body Melt. It was always Australian pictures, kind of, and it was a style of filmmaking. And it, body, this, like, it's like body horror. It's like splatter. It's splatter. Like it's like a splatter horror is what it is. And this kind of takes horror comedy. It's it's even deeper than that because it's not quite as serious as Evil Dead, even though Evil Dead's a comedy, uh, you know, it's art. But it's also not quite a, a comedy because it has like the splatter elements. So it has this weird like hybrid mix of horror comedy, and it goes completely batshit with all the splattery, you know, yeah, splatter. everything. Because like when you see a zombie movie, you're thinking somebody's gonna be like, oh, they're gonna take a gun and they're gonna shoot all the zombies to get rid of them. This guy takes a fucking lawnmower and starts walking <laughs> yeah. around the, the yes. house, like the living room of the house, lawnmower revved up, going around just taking body parts, limbs off of every single person, turns around, sees that they didn't have any effect to him whatsoever, even though the house is covered in blood, and goes back around for like round two and round three, <laughs> and then like does this whole like home alone, like slipping on the blood, like like trying to run but is running in place because the blood's so so slick uh and i cannot say how much i love this movie enough it's it's an amazing movie and we've already it we've really already is it, but let I me mean, it's it's gory it is extremely it's it is i think that it does hold up to the idea you know i think you mentioned that a lot of people claim that this is the goriest film of all time and it it kind of is it really is like if you think about like hey give me an example of an extremely extremely like possibly the goriest movie ever made in history of film it, it honestly you know brain dead is the contender it may very well be the goriest thing i've ever seen in my life but it's not gory in this disgusting way it's gory in this like celebratory way like we it are really is yeah <laughs> it's so yeah, weird. Ex except for the pudding, <laughs> the pudding. Oh, yes. that is i the could never That's i it. could never eat banana pudding again <laughs> is that what it was banana pudding <laughs> oh like well, i don't know it was <laughs> like a custard yeah it's like, it's like weird like custardy yeah but that pudding, oh. he, he just picks up that custard. He's like, oh, baby, it's so good. Kind of thing. And as he's doing it, it like flops around. Like you could just see how chilly it is. I'll put you to do that accent again. <laughs> All right, you there, mate. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I have to get a second yeah. helping of this one. <laughs> I don't know, you know what I mean? Oh, God. All right, guys, I. I want to give this a 10 out of 10. I have to give this a 10 out of 10. I have no other choice. It's a 10. So 
normally I would give this an 11 out of 10, but because of the nasty pudding, it drops at one score. So it got a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, did you just give this a one? <laughs> I give this, I give this, uh, I give this, I give this as a point, a 0. 0.5. I'm just playing. No, uh, uh, no um, it's absolutely as a first I'm, time. I'm gonna, give us your, I'm going to tell you this. What, what's, what put this movie over the top was Kung Fu Priest. Um, I laughed so hard when I saw this guy just brutally beating the shit out of zombies like it was like tying your shoe, just tying the shoe. Um, it was so over the top, and I was so disgusted and turned off by this, I wanted to watch more of it. Um, and I very rarely rate movies this high, and and I'm talking like Halloween and stuff. Uh, I, I gave this movie a 10 out of 10. It was really good. <laughs> yes. It, it, yes, it was really good. I'm not kidding. This is is this the first movie we've ranked a perfect thirty? This it, is the first was, one. This is our Hall of Fame, the Fright Fights Hall of Fame, yeah, Dead Alive, the a, goriest movie ever made. How is it a <laughs> so disgusting? I want to watch more of it. <laughs> I have never thought that, that would be a thirty out of thirty, and it is. I mean, it, it's so fucking good. It's it's wild. Okay. It is really wild. Could it's, you imagine if if Peter Jackson would come back and make like Deader alive? I would love that, honestly. Oh my, let's so do it. His career at this point, I I just I don't see him doing it ever again. But I I've mentioned before. I think maybe Chris, we talked about this like years ago. How much I would love if Peter Jackson was like you know, kind of like Quentin Tarantino changes his genres every couple of years. I really wish that Peter Jackson would come back to horror one time. Now that he's like a like a major filmmaker with like you know all this behind him now, what if he came back and did like a seventy or eighty million dollar splatter film and made it like a three hour epic of just like gore and like craziness? I think that it would be something that I would absolutely fucking love to see. Yeah, same. Oh um, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So I I'm the winner. <laughs> you, you know, are the winner. I'm not the winner. Dead Alive is the winner. I said, and you're welcome, Tyler. You're welcome because <laughs> I was actually gonna pick this movie, and then whenever I realized that Tyler was like really wanting to pick this movie, I was like, "All right, I'll pick Idle Hands." <laughs> yeah, I so had you're welcome. Movie in mind, and I'm like, surely. I mean, like, whenever Chris was like, "I, I'm gonna think I'm gonna pick this," I'm like, "If you don't pick it, I'm gonna pick it." We have to do. If you think about horror comedy splatter, like you know gore, that's the first one you gotta pick. It's just one. It's it, you. Ha, it's an essential. So yeah, I'm glad that we. I'm glad that we were able to discuss it, and I think that I'm feeling a brain dead, full cast like chat about this like we should actually like do a commentary or something but um yeah awesome so what we'll do um let's take a quick break and we're gonna spin the wheel right that's right let's spin the wheel and see what we're gonna get next all right we'll be right back guys all right welcome back guys this is time for us to spin the wheel for next episode to see exactly what uh category we're gonna get to choose our films from Tyler won, so he got to pick the next category replacement section, and he removed the the horror comedy and added family horror. So explain that to us, Tyler, real quick, what this family horror category is. 
Yeah, so we're not talking about like Frank and Weenie or Coraline or something. We're actually talking about um, horror as it relates to a family dynamic. So it could be any kind of style of horror that doesn't have anything to do with like, you know, a group of friends camping or something like that. This is the kind of horror that we're looking for with family horror um, centers around the concept of a, a family, whether it be falling apart, things happening that's horrific to them. In the way that we could all like relate to that as well, I think would be really interesting to add. So yeah, we are looking for horror movies that also takes place within a family. That's what it is. Okay. All right. So with that being said, I'm going to go over the category sections really quickly again, and then we'll spin the wheel. So first off, we have 80 slasher films, found footage, possession flicks, clown town, films from the year you were born, Werewolves, Shark Attack, A24 horror film, so films from that company, uh, a, uh, a movie commentary that could win. We can do a commentary over a movie uh, or a celebrity interview from the world of horror, uh, a tier ranking where we rank a franchise or a film um, or a you know category of any sorts. And uh, what else was on there? Uh, is that, that it? Yeah, oh, the family, family, the family horror. Okay. Um, so Tyler, if you want to spin the wheel, we'll figure out what our next episode is going to be. Oh, I am nervous and I am very excited. I always get so nervous to see what's going to be. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, A24. 24. So this will be any horror film that is released from the company A24. I know that sounds weird, but I, no, no, that's not weird because the listeners listening to this, everybody knows they've released, I mean, 75% of their catalog is horror films. So there are dozens, honestly, that we could pick. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be, sorry, I'm not the biggest fan of A24 that's horror. Enough. That's enough. So we will, <laughs> we will see how this goes. I'm curious at what I'm going to be the best choose. battle so far, I swear, because I think it's going to be so polarizing. Chris is gonna get pissed. I'm gonna get pissed. <laughs> None of us is gonna win. <laughs> no, nobody's gonna win. It's gonna be the lowest rating ever. All, all the ones. all the film bros on Letterboxes would be sitting here like, don't fucking listen to Fright Fights podcast all they're talking about kind of thing. And we're all gonna be sitting here just fighting about how Hereditary is an absolute fucking masterpiece. Absolute. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. There's been so many movies I've wanted Chris to see. I, you know, I think that you guys are really gonna dig this. I'm excited. If you can't tell. That's it. We're watching it right now. Here we go. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Thank you guys for listening to yes, another episode of the Fright Fights Podcast. We all appreciate you all. We love you all. We love you so much. Um, bye bye. Come back next week. We're doing A24 Horror, guys. Come on. <laughs>